Good morning. What do you say we gather around the fire? Maybe have some roasted marshmallows, or better yet, some s'mores. Well, it was an exciting time in the church. The prophet had the temple on his mind. The Lord had already revealed to him the site for a temple in Independence, Missouri. Elders were returning from missions, and there was a group gathered around a fire. Now, we're not sure if they had s'mores or marshmallows, but nevertheless, you can kind of think about that. And the prophet received this revelation that he refers to as a revelation on priesthood. So ladies, don't tune out. This revelation has just as much to do with you as anyone else in the church. It is a landmark revelation with breathtaking scope. It could easily be referred to as a revelation on temple ordinances, covenants, the gathering of Israel, missionary work, the law of consecration, and the coming of the Savior to reign with my people, as stated in verse 119. We often hear this section, section 84, as referred to having the oath and covenant of the priesthood, and and it does. But as we study, we want to watch for the connection between temple and priesthood, and also watch for the pattern of covenant-making, covenant-keeping, and covenant-becoming. First, we need to understand priesthood and some priesthood terms. So what is priesthood? Priesthood is the power and authority of God delegated to his children. Both men and women can experience the power and authority of the priesthood. Priesthood power. Priesthood power is obtained through righteousness. It's lost through unrighteousness, not as a result of calling or ordination. A result of ordinances with the making of associated covenants and keeping those covenants. From the handbook, it reads, Priesthood power is the power by which God blesses his children. God's priesthood power flows to all members of the church, female and male, as they keep the covenants they have made with him. Members make these covenants as they receive priesthood ordinances. So that's for both men and women. Priesthood authority. This is authority from God to act in the work of salvation. Women can hold priesthood authority. An example, a Relief Society president was set apart to that calling and works in that capacity under the authority of the priesthood. A gospel doctrine teacher, man or woman, works under the authority of the priesthood who set her apart or him apart. The church handbook tells us there are two ways this priesthood authority is delegated, either by setting apart in a calling or by assignment from the presiding church leaders. So both men and women operate with priesthood authority. Priesthood office. Worthy male members receive priesthood authority through priesthood conferral and ordination to priesthood offices. All church members can exercise delegated authority as they are set apart or assigned to assist in the work of salvation. But priesthood office is only for worthy men. Priesthood ordinances. 
An, ordin an ordinance is a sacred act performed by the authority of the priesthood. That came from the handbook. It's almost always performed by men. The exception would be the temple. Priesthood keys. Priesthood keys are the authority to direct the use of the priesthood on behalf of God's children. The use of all priesthood authority in the church is directed by those who hold priesthood keys. They are held by some men in specific priesthood offices. Example, a bishop holds keys. A priesthood instructor does not hold keys. A Relief Society president does not hold keys. She functions by priesthood authority of the one who does hold the keys, the bishop. So priesthood keys are only held by worthy men and in only specific instances. So of those six terms, you'll note that only two are specific to male members of the church, priesthood office and priesthood keys. If we had to summarize what this section is all about, it would be, it's about tapping into the powers of heaven and assisting in the work of salvation. This involves the temple, missionary work, covenant making, covenant keeping, and covenant becoming. This involves all members, not just priesthood members. So with this understanding in place, let's turn to section 84, starting just a quick overview of verses 6 through 31. You're going to see there a priesthood line of authority being outlined. So you young men, do you know what your line of authority is? Do you have any idea of how many ordinations there are between you and Jesus Christ? Let's look at Papa's line of authority. How many would you guess there are there? 10, 53, 107, 324? Are there that many ordinations before you get to the Savior? Well, the correct answer is 10. Are you surprised how close to the Savior's authority that ordination is? Only 10 sets of hands between Papa's authority and the Savior. So we begin by discussing priesthood. The greater priesthood being the one to hold the keys of the kingdom. Notice in verse 20, it is in the ordinances that we participate in that would be baptism, gift of the Holy Ghost, sacrament, temple ordinances, that God's power is brought into our lives. Without these ordinances, this power is not available to us. These are the things that prepare us to return to God and live with him again. We cannot do so without them. Note now there's a connection between temple and ordinances. There are some ordinances that prepare us to go to the temple, but in the temple, through more ordinances, we make covenants, and this opens power in our lives. It is the ordinances that bring us into covenant relationship, and as those covenants are kept, we go through a process of covenant becoming. Let's look at verses 33 through 40. Verse 33, for whoso is faithful unto the obtaining of these two priesthoods, in other words, ordinances, of which I have spoken, and the magnifying their calling, are sanctified by the Spirit unto the renewing of their bodies, 
in other words, to be God's people. Verse 34, they become the sons of Moses and of Aaron and the seed of Abraham and the church and kingdom and the elect of God. They're talking about the Abrahamic covenant. Verse 35, and also they who receive this priesthood or priesthood ordinances receive me, saith the Lord. For he that receiveth my servants receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth my father. So do you see the process of covenant becoming here? Receive ordinances, receive my servants, receive me, receive the Father. We are called, we covenant, we are sanctified and restored. Think of baptism and the baptismal covenant and the sacrament. This process is one of becoming elect. Verse 38, And he receiveth my Father, receiveth my Father's kingdom, Therefore, all that my father hath shall be given unto him. And this is according to the oath and covenant which belongeth to the priesthood, or to the ordinances. Therefore, all those who receive the priesthood, or the ordinances, receive this oath and covenant of my father, which cannot break, he cannot break, neither can it be moved. So what does this process look like in daily life? If you look at the next verses, you'll see it outlined. Verse 42, heavenly hosts and angels are given charge over us. We have help. Verse 43, give diligent heed to the words of eternal life. Now what is diligent heed? And where do we find the words of eternal life? Scripture? Conference? Do we give diligent heed to these or are we casual in our study? Verse 44, learn it and then... Quote, live by every word, close quote, from God. It's truth, light, and the spirit. Verse 54, don't let your mind become darkened because of unbelief, because you have treated lightly the things you've received. Inventory time, have you treated lightly the scriptures or conference or other things, your priesthood? Verse 61, you can be forgiven. Remain steadfast in your minds in solemnity and the spirit of prayer. So this doesn't just happen. It takes effort. You need to be intentional. It's a mind and heart experience. He reminds us in verse 63 and 77, we are his friends. In verse 88, and whoso receiveth you, there I will be also, for I will go before your face. I will be on your right hand and on your left, and my spirit shall be in your hearts, and my angels round about you to bear you up. We are not alone in this. He is in our story. He goes before us. He's on our right hand and on our left. His spirit's in our hearts, his angels around us to hold us up and to strengthen us. How blessed we are. So the challenge question, what will you focus on this week that you might have been too casual about in the past? Have a great week and remember to always follow the Savior's admonition to come follow me.